G'day listeners, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin, and this is number 58 for the Guitar Wank podcast series. Uh, how far will we go? I guess we're going to find out. Um, this week, we catch up with Bruce and Scott. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. It was good to see the guys and, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, opinions and a lot of, uh, yeah, well, I'll just let you guys listen to it. We would like to say um, a big shout out. Very sad news of hearing, just hearing about Larry Coriel today. Um I didn't know a lot about Larry, but I just knew he was an amazing musician and uh, seemed a pretty amazing guy. So, um, yeah, a big uh, well wishes to his family and prayers and all that stuff. And that's very sad news to lose another great, but uh, his music will live on. Uh, also, we're supposed to have Luke Luther today. Steve was going to come in and actually be on this podcast, but <laughs> we got bumped. We got bumped because he had to go work with a Beatle. He was doing some work with Ringo Stone, uh, Ringo Star Stone. I was going to say Ringo Star. So Ringo's got a new album, and I guess Luke's uh, doing some tracks on that. So exciting, and not a bad email to get when, uh, hey, you know, guitar work. I can't make it because I've got to go work with Ringo Star. So when you get bumped for a Beatle, I think that's okay. So um, we'll get Luke on as soon as schedules work out. Um, but anyway, here we go. This is a fun one. We had fun and uh, we'll keep all the emails coming. Guitarwank at gmail.com if you have any. I'm sure you're going to have some after this week. But um, opinions, questions, suggestions, thoughts, all that kind of stuff. Go to our website, guitarwank.com. You can buy hat. Um, I was going to say hats. I want to get hats, but I haven't got them yet. Anyway, T-shirts, picks and mugs at the website. In Facebook, um, you know, all the standard social media crappy outlets that are out there where you can find us. Spread the word. We need the support and we really appreciate all the donations. I mean, every time we get a donation, it's just, it's amazing. We thank you so, so much. We know you don't have to and you do and it just shows us that we're actually, we've got a couple of people listening. So that means a lot. So really appreciate that. And um, yeah. All right. Let's get into it, guys. Bruce, Scott, what have we got in store for the listeners this week? So let's go. The key to um, elementary improvisation is kind of. It's kind of like to feel. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Make sure you know what the chords are. Yeah. And make sure that you have an idea that 
comes from the scale of the chords. Does that make any sense? Yeah, just sometimes, uh, I'm just afraid if I press the wrong note, it's going to sound a bit weird. Yeah, but in jazz, there's no mistakes. Really? Yeah, I guess. So. You know who told me that? Oh, your, dad, your jazz teacher? No. <laughs> Thelonious Monk. Who's Thelonious? Wait. The Thelonious oh, Monk. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> when I When I was in my 20s, I was in a band that played opposite Thelonious Monk at the Village Vanguard. And I was the only guy that he would talk to between sets. And he used to come, out, come around, he walked past me, and he'd say, wrong is right, wrong is right, wrong is right. I thought, what are you talking about? He was trying to say that whatever you play, you play it, there's no such thing as a wrong note. So whatever you do, if it's not what you intended to play, just take what you did and build on that. I'm going to, I'm going to improvise on a form. This is called, it's written by Duke Ellington, it's called In a Sentimental Mood. So I'm, I'm going to play the melody, but I'm going to play with the melody, and then I'm going to play the changes.
I hope you stay with it. Yeah, I will. I hope you stay with it. sound better I mean you know I'm not really even sure that the audience would hear it it's like I mean no one's ever come up to me and go you know, oh, your that's... guitar sounds really thin you should take those screws out of the... <laughs> well you know <laughs> of, all, of, of all the things fine. I would of all the adjectives I would yeah. use to describe yeah. your sound I wouldn't use thin no I don't I no. don't think it's thin most people just say it's loud <laughs> well you know uh, can we start it's... the show 
Yeah. Sure. Aren't we, haven't we been talking on the show? Kind yeah, of? but we didn't do official start. Mm. Oh. Uh, as a, the host of the uh, show, holy, I always try and get it. Holy moly, Batman, look at this. <laughs> look at that. That'll keep you going for weeks. Really, man? <laughs> Welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. No wonder they hang so low. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce is talking about the ice cubes that he's got. Yeah, now you're nice not, yeah, yeah, he's got a baseball-sized ice cube here. No, I, I molded it off my testicles. You didn't use the roofies again this week, did no, you? No, I didn't. Okay. No, not at good. all. Welcome, fellas. We were supposed to have, obviously, Mr. Lukather tonight, but we were dumped because of a beetle. Mm. So, what are you going to do? And then we're going to have Val. Who are they? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said to Luke. I said, "Really, you dumping us for a beetle?" Oh well, <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll, when we get He's somebody, everybody will know it. You yeah. know, like you know. Look, we did. We're doing this because we're doing this. You know. So, um, but it's good to see you guys. It feels like it's been a bit. Has been. I think it was. Yeah, a week or two. Yeah, that's right. That's all. We. <laughs> but as we, there was like the the storm of the century. I built an ark out of old guitars. <laughs> and put two drummers and two bass players on it but the bass players didn't show up so so it's just got two drummers on it two drummers <laughs> someone sent in a video of Scott a music video of Chick Corea and you're playing I can't even think of the song now I should have I had to repost it because it was so great but what I loved about it besides the fashion you guys were wearing right. back in those days was everyone's like Chick Corea's playing in the stairwell and he's got two these two black guys dancing and well, it's funny as fuck. But everyone's not plugged in and then you see Scott on like an overpass bridge thing and you've got the cord plugged in. I'm like, hell yeah, man! I was yeah, I was and proud you know, of that's you. Not even me playing. What do you mean? That's Carlos Rios. <laughs> yeah, that's really? not even me. Yeah, That's not you doing the solo? No, no, that's a tune that I didn't play on on the record. Carlos Rios played on that tune. I'm just like guitar syncing, like a la, a la what's her name at the, at the Grammys. Really? <laughs> or, 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 oh, whatever man. that award show that's was. That's hilarious. Where, Mariah Carey, where she had the fail. <laughs> so you, you weren't playing the exact solo there or you were? I don't remember. I mean, were I, you plugged into a little amp off the side or not? No, no, I wasn't playing at all. Ah, oh. because no. I, I thought, I thought, ah, uh, everyone's like not plugged in. I thought Scott's like, now nah, I'm going to no, do this that's shit a total live. Lip sync. Well, that's a lip sync. <laughs> oh video. man, it's just you know, I, was, I didn't even, I didn't even play on that tune. <laughs> and I, nobody was playing. It was just that was the record playing. Yeah, no, I know and that. They're all just, just. I know you go, but I thought you, you know sometimes. Actually, like I've done a lot of live, well, not live, but TV things where they say, we're just going to do playback and you've got to sync, lip sync it, right? Yeah. I find that harder to play on the guitar when you can't hear yourself playing. It's harder to fake it no, than actually hear, play it. We could hear the music. Yeah, but you can't hear what you're doing. The, the guitar was on, that we weren't plugged in. Right, but I thought you would. I thought no. you might have had a little guitar amp no, off the side just no. playing. In fact, I thought for a goof, we were thinking about doing this because we thought the whole idea was just fucking stupid. <laughs> so we thought one of, one of the ideas that, you know, that, that I don't remember if I was talking to Patatucci or Weckle, but we were saying you should wait until he plays something fast 
and then just be down on your low string with just like <laughs> like this, just you know, just on your on, on an F on the low E right? string, right? Yeah. While he's playing up really high, you know, just for a goof, you know. Right. But you know, Chick wanted it to look right, and it had to, you know, so he you know, probably would have got fired for doing some shit, right? Like that. Right. But that's what I wanted to do, because <laughs> I thought the whole thing was so fucking stupid. In fact, I remember he he uh, he offered me a a two thousand um, uh, dollar use of name just for that video. Oh, he did. Yeah, he Good. came after I was after I was fired from the band. Oh wow! He came and said, "Hey, I gotta get your permission to use that video. Here's two thousand bucks. Yeah. Will you sign?" You know, I would have let him use it if he didn't give me two thousand bucks. I was just happy to take the two thousand bucks and sign. So yeah, you can use the video. That's why I don't ever remove it from YouTube because it's not mine; it's his. It's his, yeah. You know, and I don't have any right to remove it. But it is. In fact, it's so embarrassing that it's funny. It is. It's that era where it's just like it's just like they're we're all wearing these like horrible eighties. You know, like. Miami Vice clothes. Oh, it's totally and, Miami and, Vice. Yeah, and it's just the most embarrassing fucking thing ever. You know, it's just like, I was young, I needed the money. We were all doing it. I, we were all wearing that fashion back then, but, if you were old enough. But to be in a video it. like that, I yeah. mean, it's actually <laughs> probably one of the most embarrassing moments of my career. <laughs> yeah, I was giving really you points funny. on Facebook. and Yeah, you I know, was, I, I've, I've had top 40 moments where I was playing in a top 40 band that were more authentic <laughs> than that video. <laughs> well, kudos to the guy that sent it to me. He was like, <laughs> it was some funny shit. <laughs> I got a good laugh about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great. So that's cool. God, if I tried to get rid of my most embarrassing moments, there would be no trace of me left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my career is just a, a big book of embarrassing moments. Is there any '80s videos of you getting around? With? Uh, very few, because yeah. you know I play jazz and no one cared. But uh, and I play jazz now and they still don't care. But yeah, I'm sure there are, there's there's a couple of. PR shots and headshots and uh, various things on the Have web. You done a music I had a video? mullet. Remember the mullet? Yeah, you had, had a, a mullet. I had a mullet for a long time. Oh, yeah. Damn, I'd love to see that. Remember that 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 show Thirty Something? Yeah. I looked like one of the guys in there at that time, <laughs> and everybody, you know, it was, it was awesome. Like, now, now I need now I need a show called Sixty Something. <laughs> but. Uh, Wow. So what have you guys been up to? What's been going on? I saw the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> Let go of Batman. So of fucking did. great. Is it good? Oh my God, it's great. I'm going to see it at least three more times. Oh my God. That's why it's the number one movie Love in America it. right now. It's just so funny, man. It's really, really funny. Yeah, it's great. Is it like I'm that? I'm going to go see it again. Probably it, go see it again. Maybe maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. Is it is it for kids or is it tongue in cheek kind of? For, oh, it's totally tongue in cheek. Right. It's not for kids. Oh, no, it I isn't. mean, no, I'm not saying it's not for kids, but it's for both. It's right, for okay. adults and kids. Okay, it's not a dumbed down movie at all. It's very sarcastic and very funny. You know, <laughs> so, and a lot of pop culture references that are just fucking hilarious. Yep. So yeah, I want definitely. Uh, it's uh, it's a must see again because <laughs> the jokes go by so fast. You probably. I missed the audience was laughing so hard that I I'm sure I missed half of the jokes. So I got to go back. And, That's fantastic. And, yeah, it was really funny. I Great to movie. See that. 
<clears throat> Has she been playing a bunch of gigs? I've just been playing a bunch of gigs, yeah. I have been. I've been really busy doing various things. My Junkyard Duo band is uh, working a lot, and I'm doing a lot of versions of the red guitar various places, you know. What's a gig? You know, I mean, I you know, believe it or not, I'm doing a lot of them. I, I you know, it's it's quite shocking. It's like being on a Joe DiMaggio kind of hitting streak. You know, you don't want it to end. But uh, things are going good. Playing, working on stuff, playing that red guitar a lot more. And now, I, tell I don't know if you're if you, if you got what we said at the beginning, but I'm kind of digging these new strings and seeing what she's got in her. Yeah, and, tell us about this new amp. You can officially oh, talk about it? Oh, I can officially it? talk about it. That's right. Uh, did, is that so it's a 100 watt Plexi Marshall? No, no. It's, it's, a, <laughs> no, it's a big orange. It's, <laughs> it's, it's an orange Julius. Orange Julius. Caesar. Orange Julius Caesar. Right. Like our, like our president. Yep. And uh, no, it's uh, actually this amp, had, it's because of this podcast, in matter of fact. So this amp... Be- all happened because of your Well, rants. that's what I'm going to think, and they're probably going to tell me I'm a liar. But they called me up, and they say, we hear you, Bruce. Uh, I've been complaining, of course, of my, unlike Scott, you know, who, you know, keeps his prize marshals and stuff at home. I won't give the address so people can't steal mm-hmm. it. But um, my amp lives in my trunk, and because of it, it's, it's a, you know, potholes and speed bumps and tubes, yep. you know, and... And when it's playing, sounding great, of course, that's a wonderful amp, but it does have a tendency to go south, and it doesn't go south like in one day, although sometimes it does. Usually it's kind of a long, slow path where I'm like not getting the sound I want and wondering what's wrong and blaming it on the room, blaming it on the drummer, blaming it on my guitar, you know, and then eventually it kind of gets to the point where it's so bad, oh, shit, the amp's on the fritz, and I get it fixed, and everything's good again, you know. Right. And I'm tired of these cycles along with carrying a lot of weight around, and I had that butt amp, and I was realizing I was using it mostly for most gigs because the load-in was easier, and it got a great sound. But anyways, these guys called me from Quilter. They said they had an amp for me, and they were going to send it to me to check out. Right. And you remember when I got it because I brought it here, yeah. and we played it, and it's, it's a 50-watt amp. But it's the master volume allows you to kind of cut the wattage back, so it could be like a Princeton or a Deluxe or a Vibrolux too. And it looks like a the size of it's a, a. It's a little head. It's, it looks like a Walter Woods if you knew what they were. Um, it's what about the size of a big novel, a hardback novel? Yeah. And uh, it's got a reverb and it's got a gain thing, so you can push the amp no matter what your level of power is, and a limiter so that you can set how easily it will uh, distort. And which I'm still figuring all out. But uh, I've played it now on some record dates. I've played it on some big gigs with my trio. And uh, you can, and we did it here. With you had a nice, nice matchless speaker bottom. Yeah, and I plugged the tally and, in it. And, no, I really wanted it to suck, actually, because it just looked too small and yeah, too weightless yeah. to do anything really good. And it blew me away how good yeah. it was. And when we plugged really the L5, good. it had a completely different character to it. I mean, yep. whereas you know how some amps basically sound like themselves and whatever guitar you play through them you kind of get the amp sound 
This amp kind of seems to more be the other way. It seems to just have the character of the guitar you're playing yeah, through, really which good cool. Fender amps generally do. Yep. The old blackface that I'm used to. So, anyways, we're going to give it to Scott tonight, and he'll on the next podcast he'll trash the shit. I'm sure it's a piece of shit, <laughs> and Scott's going to let us know <laughs> that, that it's a piece of shit. It, we it works know. for some people. It might not work for other people. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but anyways, I'm, I'm sure. very happy. It's called the 101. Uh, they are. They were going to release it at NAMM, but there was a couple reasons why they held back, and now it's it's going to come to market soon. And they they gave me the green light to talk about it. Now is and, it- and now my Pro Reverb lives in my office, and you know my studio at home, and I play it. I play it sixty five, and I 65. love it. And I will use it on some record dates and some gigs, but it's just not going to get beaten up in the back of a trunk anymore. Right. And nor is my uh, back going to get its ass kicked by carrying that much weight on every gig. So um, this this thing weighed as much as like a MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the head is like two pounds. Now there's another ridiculous. There's another amp, and I sorry I don't really know the name, but it's blue something. Yeah, it's you the one that, that we saw is? Jennifer Batten playing at. Oh, uh, uh, was that? On, uh, now that a, doesn't even look like an amp. It looks, looks more like, like a pedal. pedal. Yeah, right. pedal. Yeah, she talked. To, she showed us. And that. these guys a, make an amp like watts. that too. That was nuts. That's a hundred watts. Yeah. yeah. And my friend Scott Parker, right. who, who teaches with me at, at MI, yeah, good guitar player, and um, he was raving about it. He thought it was just he bought one. Right. And I, I said, how much did you pay for it? And he said, well, it was around eight hundred bucks. And I we looked it up on the web, and I I went, well, it's. You know, kind of pricey for something that looks like a pedal. Yeah, right. But it's a. He's telling me it's like a hundred watt amp that can compete with a Marshall or anything else. And I'm like, wow, you know, technology. Well, Jennifer amazing. sure liked hers. She was really into uh-huh. it. She really believed in it. So basically, you, know? you have not an on... amp modeler at all. No, right? no it's, it's a amp. real amp. Because yeah. I hate amp modelers. Yeah, I fucking. She had it. this on the pedal board. She's like, I fly my pedal board, and this is. That's my right. amp. All, she one is, all she needs is a speaker, right? Yeah. and she can even use powered monitors. Yeah, you know, but that's basically pretty it's amazing. Amp. Yeah, I that mean, was blue, blue something. I don't know if it's blu or blug. I think it was blu, okay. but I'm not. I'm not positive. Yeah, but I don't again, know either. We, uh, you know, there's a bunch of of Facebook stuff of her playing at Nam. Mm-hmm. If anybody who's listening to this wants to know about it, just just and we're gonna if Jennifer is listening, please come on, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's very interesting. These little amps that are not amp modelers. Well, you know, think about it. They just all the all the smart guys, you know, finally got around to us. Is your is your, is your <laughs> you know they did all the other stuff to make money you know all the real money stuff and now it's like okay well we got some time we can throw the, some love to the guitar. Now player. does your amp have a tube in it too like the blue amp? No. Okay, so it doesn't have any tubes in it. No, and and they no, it does not. And the blue amp apparently has this little mini tube yeah, in yeah. it, just like a tiny little thing, not even as big as a twelve AX seven. It's just this tiny little mini tube. Yeah, yeah. So uh, who now knows, is it, man? Is it fair to say the whole industry, because as everything's gone size and weight, due to nine eleven? To what? Because of nine, what happened at nine eleven? No. Why? Think about it. Before nine eleven, I was carrying around over a fifty pound pedal what? board and amps and all that kind of stuff. And nine oh, eleven airlines, yeah, and airlines, and now everything's so expensive, and they that all changed the I whole airline industry. I don't industry. know if that had much to do with nine eleven, but yeah, well, but that I changed mean, everything. The, 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 yeah, but the 
the airlines started trying to make more money on baggage and I think the economy crashing had more to do with it than nine eleven. Yeah, that but I I think in general just guitar players getting A, getting stupid. We're carrying around a lot of weight. For for not when you know, and then I, the technology is finally enough. People have put enough brain power into making. They understand that this is the sound we like, and with the new uh, materials to use, they figured out how to get closer to that sound. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of innovation, and yeah. and of course, what do they want to do? Make it cheaper to make and make it lighter to carry around, and people are going to want it. You know, I mean, because, you got like you got the Kempler. Well, that that's, that's a yeah, piece of crap. Sorry, I don't like that either. And the, the fractal. I had that thing at my house, and well, I couldn't I get one it. useful tone out of it. Yeah, I didn't. But like you know, it. I mean, and, and the I, fractal's better. It's closer, but it's still not. Still, yeah. I heard the fractal. I heard the the Line Six Helix, and I would have to give a thumbs down to all of it. You didn't like the Helix? No, no. Well, not you at know, all. I mean, like this amp I had. I took it, and remember, I used your 64 Fender on, on a record date, mm-hmm. right around the corner here, yep. with uh, you know Gary Meek and those guys. And then uh, I had to go back and do another session with them, and, I, and you were out of town, so I used this Quilter amp, and we loved it. I mean, it was a little bit of a different sound, but totally a great sound, and, and it was because it was on a different tune, and it didn't matter, you know, that it... It, I mean, it wasn't like overdubbing on the same song that I'd already played some stuff on another amp. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. different stuff. And it it went and turned out to be, uh, I really, I was quite surprised. That in some ways, I liked it better in the studio. Yeah. It was a little fatter sounding because I couldn't really turn your amp up loud enough to yeah. get it to where I wanted it because it was starting to leak into the other. What was your amp? This amp here, oh, this Vibra, the, oh, the, the Vibra, Vibra, Vibra 63, mm-hmm. and um, and and this amp enabled me to kind of dial the power down and then push the gain up to get it to that sweet spot right. that was a little fatter, and um, and it was it you know it was really a great sound in the studio for me. I mean, just really clear and a little brighter than your amp yeah. actually. Do you do you guys ever use like amp attenu- is it attenuators? No, you don't like you've never used one that you like never liked. used one I that think I've this one has liked. I think that's what this has built Kinda into it. it so you might not like it Scott but I mean I think the master volume is in fact a power attenuator right. well I would try it at full blast I mean yeah. you know, yeah. I wouldn't try it attenuated I was in Nashville recently and I saw in one of the, the guitar stores I was at it's called the Brownie mm-hmm. and this company makes it and I guess there's a few boxes but this company makes it and it's basically when they made these old amps the power that was going to these amps was a lot different to what's going to them now because mm-hmm. our power source has changed so much. Mm-hmm. Well, this brownie box takes whatever power you're putting into your amp back down to the original specifications that amp, that amp was built for. So you're basically bringing down the, the, the amps or the wattage. So that, you, take the, you take the power back to the original. Watch. Which was what? It was How do they know what it was? 120? No, it's still it's still one twenty, but it, it might be the I might be getting this wrong or something. It was on the web page or whatever. The amperage, but it might be the, the amperage or something. How much volts or because whatever is going to more the like amp. A, that sounds more like a variac than a. Than it wasn't a variac. It's it, I've heard it those, regulates the power. The power cleaners. I've heard that too. It, it's no, it's not a power cleaner. It actually makes because what this amp was built for 
the power going into it back then is a lot different. It wasn't made for the power that's going into it now. Do we have more power or less power? We, dirtier power? What, yeah, what's I'm not, different? I'm not knowing the specifics, so I'm sort of yeah. fucking it up. But check out Brownie. I think it's made by ARX or AXR. I think I saw that on Pornhub. <laughs> Brownie. <laughs> Was, I got kicked out of Girl Scouts for eating brownies. <laughs> but, so anyway, yeah, the, the, I'll but it check takes that back out. original vintage amps back to you get the original vintage sound and how that amp should actually run at mm-hmm. that to compare to because it shouldn't run at the power we're delivering. I'm going to look now. that up because I'm curious to see. I, I thought of you what, straight away, Scott. It was it was pretty impressive. I was like, I knew it was vintage amps. And that, that, uh, you know, you know some of so that stuff that I've tried that claims to clean the power has been total snake oil. It's I've heard a, a lot about that, and it makes sense because you know there's sometimes I go to a gig and I got humbucking pickups and shielded cable. You know what I mean, and all this stuff, and my guitar is buzzing like like a telly. You know what I mean, and and so it's got to be the power source, right? Yeah, well, it could be. There's other things it could be too, but it could be the power source. It's called the Brown Box, and it's made by a company called AmpRx, and it's AmpRx.net. And um, what does it do? It was created to provide a safe range of voltage reduction levels for vintage tube amplifiers. So uh, I guess so. All it does is lower the voltage. Lowers the voltage. A a Variac can do that. But it, it's, they say here it's it's not a Variac. It doesn't do what a Variac does. The, well, a Variac lowers the voltage. Brown so. box is not a Variac. Unlike a Variac, Brown box cannot accidentally harm or destroy the amplifier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that, good. To know. Well, that's good to know. But it is, in other words, <laughs> in your it is a Variac, but it just won't go up higher than the voltage so to destroy your amp. I guess so. Yeah, but anyway, well, a, a lot of you know, a lot of high end session guys in Nashville and that are using and it. I gotta say, it just it sounded. I read all the reviews on it and it sounded pretty damn good. I I'd just I'm just trying to out. understand how it's different than a Variac. Because um, I have a Variac at home, why would I go buy that if I have a Variac at my house? Well, this doesn't lower the volume of your amp. If like, it lowers you know, hey, the voltage, it has to lower the volume. Well, apparently, voltage is voltage. Right. There's no. It's, but that's that's know. what what this wasn't doing. So that's what it. So what exactly does it say that it's doing besides lowering the voltage? Because I'm curious about this now. It's not making sense to me. All right. It's got to be doing something else that a Variac doesn't do if it's going to claim to be not a Variac. It's facing. I'm putting Troy on the spot right? here because well, I mean it's sort of like saying. It's sort of like saying, you know, like drinking water without, you know, a little squeeze of lemon juice in it is not drinking water. Right, right. <laughs> it's still water. You you, so, would, you would have to check it out here and go into it and go into it more because yeah, I, I you know you, you're hearing it secondhand from me, but definitely worth, I think it's worth checking out. But, and well, do they say anything on there that that? It just Does says, it do anything besides lower voltage? Because uh, yeah. that's what I don't understand. If it, if it's it says the dynamics of a vintage amp supplied with the proper line voltage are optimum optimized with sound and responses. 
This is. <laughs> I'm trying to find the real. Wake me, wake me up, thing. and we can talk about music. Right. Well, I just you know, it's sort of. Placing these circuits being there. I, from a skeptic's viewpoint, I'm looking at this as snake oil because. You know, I see a box and it's all brown and they're trying to make it look cool and everything and they're saying it lowers voltage, but that's what a Variac does. So how the fuck is this thing different than a Variac? Well, I'm sure it's got one thing that makes it different. It's got to. It has to. Right? Anyway, we'll just... I, <laughs> I did... I write them and, it, it, you know... It seems like that would be the first thing they would say is, this is not a Variac because unlike a Variac, this box does this right but they're not saying that so that makes me very uh skeptical. Well, you know it says unlike a very i can won't blow up your amp yeah well that's not enough to <laughs> <laughs> i heard that that's not good enough it's for you. not a shotgun <laughs> or a hand grenade not a hand grenade <laughs> <laughs> Unlike a Variac, it's this is a yeah. not a shotgun. It's okay, a voltage well, alt optimization box, I guess. I'm worried about optimization. Some right. guy offered me that the other day, at, at, you know, on the street corner, and I didn't like it. <laughs> so. No, I don't know, Troy. I'd have to. You'd have. To, it's one of those things you'd have to. Um, yeah, I was really curious about it. I was asking and looking, reading into it, and the the reviews and the feedback I was seeing was. Mm -hmm was really good. A lot of people were saying yeah. I plugged my vintage amps into this and it, I was getting a lot better tone than what I was before and it was just sounding mm -hmm. a lot better. And Well, the Variac's a, a, you know, definitely a tried and true way to lower your, your volume and give amps a different you know, power source. Now, Sir makes one, right? No. No. But, but didn't, didn't Eddie Van Halen like swear? Yeah, Eddie Van things? Halen used a Variac. He lowered his amp to some somewhere around 80, 90 volts and then had it rebiased for that. Right. And but I think one of the reasons he did it was to save his speakers because when you turn those marshals up full blast, you just blow speakers like crazy. So if you can tone them down just a little bit, get the same amount of gain or even more gain from them. And and but they're they're not as loud. Then you don't blow up as many speaker cabinets. Right. So, um, I mean that I had I used my Variac because I had one of those Plexi Marshalls. What uh, Variac did you have, or do you have? It's just it's a Variac. I don't know what who makes it, but oh, it's right. it's a just a thing you can get. THD a, they make one. And no, no, it's not a music company that makes it. It's like an electrical company. It's 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 a. But it, there's amp guys that build the Variacs for it, right? Well, you're thinking is it more a of like, no, amp guys don't really make Variacs. That's a that's an electrical thing, like you buy at a hardware store or no, but Home Depot. But I th you know? When I was at Sir Booth, they had one on the, no. the Pat Kelly. What did they have then? That's, they had a, a, that's an attenuator. Oh, what's so, tell me, okay, I'm getting confused. Attenuator goes between the amp and the speaker. And turns the turns the amp volume down before it gets to the speaker. Okay, that's not voltage. Right. Okay. Okay. That's the speaker signal. Right. So then right. you can play. You can push the amp louder. Yeah, but the problem is, is it drastically changes the tone, and I've never heard an attenuator that doesn't. Right. Okay. See, so yeah. that's where I was getting confused. Yeah, there is. So, there, there's no such thing as an attenuator that doesn't change the tone of your amp. They all right. do, just right. by the nature of what they do. They change the tone. Often, well, every time for the worst. Okay. That's why most people don't like them. Yeah. Um, but if you're in a live situation where you got a really loud amp and you have to play soft, 
and and it's not changing the tone that much, that would be the main use for it. But you know, why that, aren't amp guys building a, a, a variac? Because these? a variac, all a variac does is turn down electricity and make voltage. So that that could be used for anything, right? Not just amps. It's it's a it's a it's not so much. I mean, it is used in the musical world, but it's I guess other people use it for other reasons yeah, too. Right. So that's something that I bought from an electric company. Uh, I can't remember. It might have been Stuhlmack or somebody like that that sells all these like electrical products and stuff. Yep. And it's big and it's about this round. It's heavy as hell. And um, you can just, you know, turn down the... Uh, that's what I used to break in speakers. You oh, know, okay. I give it like nine volts yep. and run that into the speakers for about 24 hours and break in speakers. But now this, you could turn like, say, you, you could, instead of giving your amp 120 volts, you give it like 80 volts or 90 volts. Right. But you've got to have your amp biased for that amount of power or it'll mess up your tubes. But I guess that's what Van Halen did. Oh, what I was going to say is that I used mine because I had a real Plexi Marshall, mm -hmm. a, a real one, you know, like a vintage one. Yep. And it wouldn't do its thing as far as gain until you turned it up to about seven or eight. <laughs> By that time, my speakers are like, flying out of the cabinet they're just you know because they're 25 watt speakers they can't handle that much power right that's why marshall made those amps to to, to run with a stack eight speakers right if you had eight speakers it wouldn't be that much of a problem but with four speakers it's too much it's way too much so that's why i brought a variac tuned it down to about 90 volts or 85 volts and then had the amp biased for and then that way i could turn it up and not blow my speakers to kingdom come. Right. But it was still so loud that now, I ended up Does that change it. the tone using the variac? No. No, because you bias the tubes to... No, right. it doesn't change the tone at all. Yeah. Uh, whereas a, a attenuator will definitely we'll do that. change the tone. You, you basically lose bass and highs. Right. Especially high end. Yeah. It really messes with the top end. Like most attenuators, if you turn them down one notch... It sounds okay. You, you can get away with that. But that's not really enough to, to because most people want to turn it down like half, half as loud. Yeah. Right? And then you start turning it down to the third or fourth notch, and then your tone just goes flying out the window. What about when you'd say you got 100 watt and you take out half of the tubes or whatever? Does that. That's does that... a good question. I have no idea. I've never tried that before. Because I've, I've done that with that old brick head, it was 120 watt, and the guy just said, yeah, just take. Half the tubes yeah, out, and I'll um, take it down to sixty. I have definitely heard about that, and I've never tried it. Right. Um, sounds like it would work, and it doesn't seem like it would change the tone. But I would be skeptical of doing it without taking it to an amp guy and checking the bias to make sure that yeah. it's running correctly. I think when Van Gogh biased it, I it. I think you can't yeah. just take two tubes out and run the amp like it would run i think you have to take it somewhere and there's something that adjustment has to be made before right. you, you do that, do that yeah. probably the bias yeah i'm sure yeah. otherwise you might be fucking you could up. be yeah, yeah 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 i think i'm just guessing but yeah it yeah. seems like <laughs> if See, you could Eddie, do that everybody would just do Eddie it he would take, be a great guy you, you know van gool well bruce knows van gool but mark he worked with um eddie van halen on their last album mm-hmm and he was he was in the studio with him constantly, and he rebuilt a couple of the Marshall heads that mm -hmm. that he wanted and all that. And and Mark was really blown away with just how he recorded and how 
how much knowledge the guy had. I mean, he's just a, he's a tech genius. Who, Eddie? Eddie. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I never knew that. I knew he yeah. tinkered, but not to the No, he knows extreme. a lot about Yeah, he amps. knows a lot. Yeah, I've read some of his interviews. He's very knowledgeable about, especially Marshalls. What, what kind of Marshalls is he using? Old ones or... or uh... Mark was buying, they were getting early 70 Marshalls and Mark was rebuilding them from the ground up. Plexis? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Why rebuild them? Just completely tear them down and rebuild them because just the wear and tear and just putting better just everything. putting better parts. In yeah, and just completely like rebuilding the amp, basically. Right. And Mark said they were just sounding... and Because Eddie runs them, like you said, with the Variac and runs them so hard. Oh, he still does that. He runs them so hard and he said, yeah, he would blow them up all well, the yeah. time. Yeah, that's, that's what you have to do, I yeah. guess, with those incredibly loud amps. I wonder why he doesn't just get a, one with the master volume. I don't know. And he also, Mark said, he would take off all the speaker covers and he'd have the, the, the microphone right on the speaker cone. Not The grills were always off the amps. And he had oh, the, so the mic is closer to the speaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so, interesting. Actually, but Mark would be good to have on the show because he worked yeah. with Eddie a lot on that stuff. You know and, what? My, um, my experience with that, and this is a weird thing, but... Um, I'm I mic like one inch off the grill cloth. Right. Right. And I noticed that when I put the mic right on the grill cloth, I don't like the the sound as much as right. as because the closer the mic is to the speaker, then you're only hearing that one little slice of the speaker. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So though it is louder, the closer you get it. And the, and it's fatter, but yeah. it's also fuzzier. Fuzzier, yeah. yeah. So so somehow when you pull it back just an inch from the grill cloth, it gets less fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Not quite as big, but less fuzzy. And I need less fuzzy. I just I don't yeah. want a fuzzy. Yeah. Maybe for the rockers, that might be a great idea to take the grill cloth off and stick it right up in the speaker. You get a huger, a bigger sound because yep. most of those guys are using nines, so they need to make the guitar sound Sounds bigger. Fat. Yeah, yep. you know, and and uh, Floyd Rose bridges, and that thins out the tone like incredibly. So if you've got a Floyd Rose bridge and and nines, yeah. you've got a pretty thin sounding thin. instrument. So then if you stick the mic right up into the speaker, that might fight fatten fat things up. up. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. Mark be, he'd be good to have the show because he's mm-hmm. done a lot of stuff in the studio of a lot of these big guys like Eddie and and just yeah. to hear what they did recording. Well, I heard another Eddie Van Halen rumor where they said that he would take the Tolex off the cabinets and put the cabinets right on the ground so that the wood yes. of the cabinets. Now I tried that and I, I get the worst too. tone ever. Right, because the bass just completely disappeared mm-hmm. because what happened was the floor stopped the cabinet from vibrating. Yeah, yeah. It just completely, the cabinet was just like dead. So when I put it back on the rubber feet, you know, all of a sudden the cabinet's vibrating again and there's all this huge, big, nice bottom end, which I totally lost when I took it off its rubber feet. Right. So 
who knows? So you've done a see, you've done a lot of experimenting. Yeah, with all this stuff. yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I have a home studio. I've, yeah, I, I've got nothing better to do with my time <laughs> than than to, than to sit around and go. Okay, let's take the cabinet off the rubber feet and see what it sounds like. <laughs> I know Bruce has probably Don't done be, that on, on numerous occasions. Uh, yeah, right, <laughs> right. But it's amazing what a difference it makes. I mean, it's like yeah, it's a completely huge. different amp. Yeah, yeah. So. I I would be curious as to under what circumstances that would sound better having a cabinet off the rubber feet sitting on the floor because it seemed like the floor would just kill the cabinet the cabinet <clears throat> needs to vibrate I'm, I'm wondering if there's other factors that we don't know about that he could was be. doing you know could be who knows so anybody course, anybody out there that knows <laughs> I'm sure we're going to get Chime some emails. In, you know? Give us so, an yeah. email about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the quilter, I'm really curious to see what Scott thinks about you know, it. Another thing is, like, you guys that are writing us, don't write us questions. Write us answers. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, like, we want to know how to make our tone better. And if you know, please tell us. <laughs> I just, for me, God, a world without amplifiers would be just so lovely. <laughs> oh, no. Really, really. I mean, if I, 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 I know where he's coming from. No, I agree with no, him. No, no. If, if the guitar were, you know, the, the, the guitar was like, designed poorly because... <laughs> I mean, it was basically built to be a bedroom piano. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something we could take to bed and, you know, use in an intimate fashion for the right That's purposes. That's what the F-holes are for. Yeah. <laughs> and why do they call them F-holes? And, uh, and, you know, I mean, something we could take to bed and it's as loud as the voice is when the voice is at normal volume. And it can play chords like a piano. It's like a small orchestra. But it, it totally is overmatched by every other acoustic instrument but still when you can just play an acoustic guitar and control volume with your touch and not have any of that shit I mean as far as I'm concerned it just it's never better than that just never better I mean I of course granted I play acoustic guitars I either play an arch top or my resonator I don't play solid body guitar so to me the amp is just a necessary but generally a pain in the ass appendage yeah i mean for that style of music but i gotta say there is nothing more awesome than <laughs> feeling air being moved behind well, you in a oh yeah oh yeah being big there's yeah. nothing wrong with no, that that's, that's well but that's you know the guitar actually that's what you're feeling when you're playing the guitar it's just not that massive amount of air but the, what yeah. you're feeling with the acoustic is exactly what you're getting finally from the amp when you turn it up loud enough. Well, yeah. that's when everything is working right. Yeah, like, <laughs> on those rare occasions. That's, that's the thing. That's the difference. Because, yeah. you know, you pick up an acoustic guitar and everything is automatically working right. Yeah. Because that's what it was designed to do. And you just do it. And all you got to do is put it in your lap and play it. Yeah. But the amp thing, there's just so many things that can go wrong, you know, from bad frequencies to bad to rooms that make it boomy and to bad design yeah just just bad parts bad 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 bad. when you're when you're in that one spot and you're and you're really having a great night and the room is making your amp sound great and everything and it's effortless to play then it's wonderful you know it's it's but it's not as consistent as not having an amp. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. definitely not right. as consistent. It's very does it, inconsistent. Uh, does it matter? Do you think there's certain volumes? Like, you say you've got a great amp. You know this is a badass amp, and it 
high volumes, it doesn't matter where this amp is, it always sounds amazing. Does that exist? Well, actually, I would say it's the opposite. It's it's if you play really, really loud, that's when, in my situation, yep. that's when it's going to all go to shit. I would agree. Right. Okay. I would agree. Yeah. That's where it's separate. Really, you know, there there are, of course, those crappy amps that are going to sound crappy no matter how loud they are or soft they are. But let's, you know, those are the just the cheapo, crappiest, malfunctioning, whatever. Generally, amps at soft volume all sound pretty good. And you can always get a sound out of them and make it work. It's when you start to push them and mm -hmm. that, that not only does the, the quality of the amp really come into play, but also the interaction with the room becomes more crucial. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. But still, you know, in a soft volume, <clears throat> a dead room is still going to hurt a, a sound just as much as, you know. But that, that's the occasional thing. To get the to get the sound that a rock guitar player wants, really, you don't need to be definitely loud, uh, even on a hundred watt amp. You just need to to warm the amp up enough so that the power tubes are hot hmm. and that they're doing their job. Right. right? That could be on three or four, yeah. and the amp's going to sound fine. Yep. You know, with a pedal. You know, if the amp's got, say, a crunch channel and it's got a... I mean, you've got to be pushing it a little bit. As yeah, long as the yeah. amp's not I mean, sagging I mean, or yeah, lagging. I mean, if you, there, there's a point where you turn it down, like... Or any amp, no matter what it is, and if you're talking about distortion and getting a good distortion sound, there's going to be a point where you turn the amp down too much and the power tubes aren't working at all and they're ice cold right. and you're not going to get a good sound. Yeah. But, but there's the opposite end of the spectrum where you're playing too loud. And then what happens is you get the pickups start howling. Mm -hmm. The um, that's the main problem because when the amp is uh, well, when the guitar is over excited, you can't play notes because every single note and every single every time you take a finger off the string, a note is trying to come out. Mm. A bad something bad is trying to come out. The vibration of the string that you don't want that you want to be quiet. Have you ever noticed some players put a um, like a hair ribbon around yeah. the to, to deaden the string, the string. Dead things? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's to stop the unwanted bullshit noise that comes off of George, George Van, George Van Epps loud. way back in the. I think 40s or 50s invented a thing called the string damper. Mm -hmm. Oh, you did. It went on the truss rod cover, and it was it was like a piano felt. It was on like a little ratchet, mm -hmm. and he could bring it down over like just past oh, the yeah. nut. So it was because mm -hmm. hollow bodies, in particular, with guys with good technique, you know, the lower strings would start howling yep. mm -hmm. because of the sympathetic vibration. Now, most of the guys of my generation, we've learned to play with with the heel of our hand mm -hmm. of our palm yeah. kind of on the low strings when we're on the high strings to stop it because we're you know those of us that play at fairly loud volume with the arch top guitars you just can't let those strings go didn't, Gen didn't jennifer have something like that where she for tapping people that tap yes a lot, they do they have that felt they thing have that, that little down. felt thing yeah, yeah. and and for me now this is a funny thing because a student asked me this and i didn't even realize until he asked me he said how do you control an electric guitar? How do you stop when you're playing distortion? How do you stop those bad notes from coming out? The how do you the open stop strings. the strings yeah. from ringing? Yeah. The open strings or whatever. And I realized that I don't do it with my palm. I do it with my left hand. Oh, really? And 
it's something that I never even practiced on. It just started happening. Mm -hmm. Like every note that I'm not playing is being deadened by one of my fingers. Mm. And I don't know how I learned it or how I'm doing it. I just do it. That's something you just it's always just done. It's just something that I just learned to do from playing as many years as I have and playing loud and playing with distortion just to naturally deaden the notes that I'm not playing with my other fingers. Mm -hmm. And once in a while I do it with my palm, but not that often because well, a lot of times I have the bar in my hand and I can't oh, do it yeah, with you my... yeah, can't. And that's hard to do that. Yeah, you know, there's no way you can deaden the strings with your right hand if you're holding the bar. So I'm doing it with my with my left hand. And I imagine Jeff Beck does that kind of same thing. I'm sure he does. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of electric players use their left hand. They're not even aware that they're doing it, but they're actually deadening strings that they're not playing with their other fingers that they're right. not using. Yeah. So I think that's a normal electric guitar technique, maybe not one that's taught, but I'm sure that people do it. And that's you don't even realize they're doing it. That a necessity. But, that's that's when I realized that that's the first time anybody's ever asked me that. And I yeah, was like, oh, yeah. so that's, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That string's not ringing right now. I'm playing a note with my first finger and the other strings aren't ringing because I got my pinky on. So I kind of figured that out. Yeah. But back to what you were talking about amps, if the amp is too loud, even that won't work. Yeah. Because you get the pickup howl and the strings are just trying so hard to make a sound the, the notes you're trying to play are being cut off by the howling of the other strings. And that's when you're having a nightmare of a night. And that's when you want to just turn, down, turn around to the band and go, okay, everybody, we're going to play half the volume we're playing right now. And just turn the amps down and do it. And who and, is and, and, uh, always the culprit for volume on the, on the band? Well, who who dictates I, the volume? I really hate to say this, but <laughs> it's the drummer. Drummer, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but the thing is, you get in some of those rooms, and I've been. I remember on the last tour we played some gig. I mean, this it was all cement and mm. glass, and the ceiling is like I don't know <laughs> seven feet high, cement ceiling seven feet high. You can't win. The drummer hits the just barely drops the stick on the snare drum and it sounds like a fucking gunshot went off right and i and you go okay excedrin night for sure right. there's gonna be a tylenol gig yeah you know we might as well start popping them now or wear earplugs yeah because it's you, the only thing but you, you guys have do. had those gigs where you're playing in a situation and you know the drummer isn't listening to the volume of what the room should be like he's <laughs> right. He's well, he's not getting. But I think it. He's I would say the, the whole band does that because yeah. you know, as the leader, if I play at a certain volume and the drummer can't hear me, he's going to come down. Right. I don't play with drummers. I mean, obviously, if a drummer's just going to play loud, so loud, and I play with loud drummers, you know, I mean, if he's going to play so loud that he can't hear me, then it's going to be one gig. For him, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, but, and 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 no, nobody likes to do that. You know, and mm -hmm. and and particularly me, I play extremely dynamically, mm. and most a lot. I mean, I go way down to pianissimo. You know, really soft. Paying who with? <laughs> where do you Italian, pee? It's Italian where, from really fucking I mean, soft. We don't really need to know where you pee, man. <laughs> and, and, and 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 you know, and like I mean, sometimes, and you guys all know. I mean, sometimes even in a big room, you can hear the acoustic guitar. You yeah. can hear my guitar actually acoustically, mm -hmm. and I like that. That's a beautiful place to play, and and so I kind of go for that. Now I don't have all the processing that Scott has, you know. So I I have the ability to get down. 
to that level a lot easier. The instruments are a lot more acoustic in nature and toneful at that part of the audio spectrum. You know, but it's all about just making music in the moment, you know, and just like being aware of everything and not trying to... To me, I don't try and like sculpt everything into my design of what I want. I try to like make my shit fit into what I've got. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, that way, it that, does. Way, that way it makes every gig a, a real experience musically, a real jazz experience. Because I'm going in, going, well, we're, no, we're going to play, we're going to make the shit up. Okay, this is the acoustic world we've got this is the equipment world we've got we've got all these elements here and now we're going to put our collective years of experience and our imagination together to make the best music out of this possible. yeah and that's that's it but to add to that there is discussion about it like musicians don't often especially good musicians don't often just walk into a room and set up and play they they talk yeah. about it at sound check. I mean yeah. that's what a sound check is for. You go you go okay, this is the room we're dealing with. We all know that this is a super loud room and we're going to have to adjust. We're not going to be able to play like we did last night yeah. in a dead room. So everybody knows like I'll just tell, you know, the drummer and just say, you know, you got to really really Watch the volume. Watch the volume on this gig because this is one of those things that can, what do you call it, the snow effect, the, the, the snowball effect, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that it just gets louder and louder and louder. And before you know it, it's unmusically loud. Yeah. And then because the room is doing it, it's not us. Because yeah. if you put my band in a normal room, like say the baked potato, which is, well, that's not really, that's a little deader than normal. But, it but is a pretty dead room, right? That is a fairly For dead room. It's a small yeah. room, and you can get away with yeah. playing murderously loud. You guys play you can, loud you in there. You can play loud in there, good. but it sounds good because it's 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 fairly dead. There's a lot of carpet. There's a lot of acoustic material. But a normal room, even in a normal room, that's like not completely dead, but not boomy either. Just you know, like like Alvis is a good example yeah, of a yeah. room. It's not quite as dead as the baked potato, but it's you know. Anyway, um, um, what was I going to say? Oh. If you put us in a normal room, we're not that loud. We're not like heavy metal loud. We're yeah. just, we're just, we're loud, but it's not definite, deafening. And I remember when I saw Jeff Beck play at the uh, amphitheater, I was really relieved that it wasn't going to be a loud show. Like their sound man was, was great. He had it. It could have been one of those deafening concerts mm. that you often see when, when you just have to hold your ears and it's just sick loudness yeah. but this was very musical it was loud you could feel it kind of like at the movies you know when you yeah. go to the movies and they they turn it up and it's a big loud experience but not it's like not just hurting not no. hurting no. you know and that's that's the kind of volume i like to play at yeah you know just a good i want it to pump i want people to feel it but i don't want it to hurt I don't want people to scream to talk to each other, and and, and, and I hate seeing people like this in the audience with their we, fingers in their ears. We played, it's horrible. We played a, a symphony um, hall in San Francisco. I forget which one it was. Beautiful hall. I mean, yeah, it was just magnificent. So we were playing there, and you could hear a pin drop in there, and we're trying to play all this pop stuff, and we're in. We've got people behind us. And through the whole concert, all I heard was the drummer's too loud, the guitarist is too loud, just constantly. Like from, it was, from the audience? Yeah, from the audience, from behind wow. us, because we were the wrong band to be in that kind of a venue. Mm -hmm. It was, it, it's for, you know, 
for classical music, not a pop. Yeah. Band. Well, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been the wrong band for the venue. It's just, it's just <laughs> That's hard work, man. You, 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 the agent books a gig through the promoter, and the promoter has to choose a room. Yeah. And he just gets whatever room is available. Available, yeah. And sometimes it's a place where you just shouldn't have that kind of music. It's like it should be nothing but like, like say the Blue Whale in downtown L.A. You don't put an electric band in there. That's for acoustic bass, acoustic piano, yeah. very soft drums, even with brushes maybe. You just don't put a loud band in that room because it's all glass yeah. And, yeah. and hard surfaces. It's going to be horrible. And we've ended up in those kind of rooms many times on, on, on the road, and you just have to deal with it. Yeah. Like, okay, this is the wrong room for us for sure, but what are we going to do to, to make it right? And that's, that's when it sucks, when you can't get your amp to the levels where you're pulling good time, No, right? you can't. Yeah. No. Well, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, depends. Yeah. But, but oftentimes, no, you, you cannot. Like, they would give me Fender Twins, and I'll be like, oh, man. Yeah. Why are you giving me? There's teams? been many times on the road where I wished I had a 50 watt amp. Yeah. Because that would have been more appropriate for the room, but I can't bring both, so I've got one amp and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But a 50 watt amp would many times for my gigs be great. In fact, John's making one. Oh. He's, uh, he's going to make one. 50 watt. Yeah. He's going to make the same amp that he has for me, the SH100, but he's going to make a 50 watt version of it, which oh, would be sweet. really nice so for small it, gigs. Uh, is the hundred watt hasn't he got a switch to half it? No, no. Okay. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. No. This is cool because not only is it going to be a fifty watt amp, it's going to be smaller. It's going to be in a smaller head shell. Yeah. And lighter, and it's going to come with a little one twelve cabinet. Right. So you could. It would be basically like a deluxe, only just in a head and cabinet. That's awesome. Which would be nice. Yeah. yeah. It would be really do you, nice. Do you guys find that you you the levels have changed throughout your careers a lot. Like you're playing a loss, a lot less volumes than what you. Were. I am. People were sure. in gen- generally. Well, Tribal Tech was one of the loudest bands really? ever. God, I'm lucky to make well, made you, it out of that band me, with my hearing me, intact. Me because I prefer acoustic now. I'm using a lot more softer stuff. But even all the jazz stuff and that you did, were they? You feel like they were pushing harder back well, then? Well, the was... 70s, we were all coked out and playing hard. Yeah, you know. But I mean. No, I mean, yeah, I guess it changes. No, for me... Or is it just what we get getting I gotta old tell and you, mellowing yeah, out? I mean, my, my, my scene is so different from Scott's, you know? Yeah. I mean, in that every gig is different, every situation different, from instrumentation to approach to music to the room, you know? And so for me, it's just always... The sound starts with my ears and my hands, and I get it out of the amp as best I can, and I blend with who I'm playing with, and I play to the room, and I play serve the music, and... Yeah. That's kind of just what I treat every gig like, and I kind of like it that way. Yeah. I don't go in with any... I don't have a pre-determined um, what I want my sound to be. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's no way it's not going to be me. That's the one thing I can't get away with. And believe me, if I could find, find a guitar <laughs> that didn't sound like me, I'd buy it. All right? <laughs> I think that's what's great about having you guys mm. uh, talking all the time, because you guys are completely opposite. Really? No, we're not. Well, you are, as in what style of music you guys are playing. And, you know, Scott, you're known for a tone, an amp, and blah, blah. 
And Bruce, you'll just know. I'm known for a bad tone. <laughs> no, you're you're in a different you're in a different thing where it's not about the amp and all that. It's you know, it's well, a different I'm dealing at a genre. different acoustic level, yeah. and I'm also different about blending. And, and and the thing is, is my thing is always different all the time. Yeah. I mean, he's working with his band yeah. all the yeah. time, and I'm working in various bands all the time. And and but you know. It, so, so I just kind of look at it as this wonderful challenge. I've got great equipment. I'm lucky, uh, and and believe me, I I do also think about having to carry it around. The older I get, yeah. Well, the I don't quilty, mi- I don't mind to. that so much. I don't mind carrying the gear around as long as it sounds good. I I'm I'm happy carrying it. I don't care about that. But yeah. most of the time, I have people doing it for me anyway. When I'm <laughs> yeah. That's road, why you I don't. don't that's why you don't gear. care. You know. I mean, I, I when I walk when I walk into the 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 room, my gear is set up. Yeah. You know. I mean, all I have to do is connect the wires. You know. Right. But but the the amp is there on the stage, and I don't really have to do all that much except just wire it all up and and play. But but. The thing that the thing that is really hard is dealing with those really loud, boomy rooms. Yeah, that's the hardest thing because you, you got to know that a lot of the tour, when you're out there on the road playing every single night, a lot of the gigs are going to be not good rooms. They're going to be and yeah. They're going to be way too you're loud. Be dealing with shit. And and you just you just you're so relieved when you pull into a, a room. And you just play, and it sounds great. And it's not, you know, there's some carpet or there's some curtains, and it's not deafeningly loud. It's like, oh, thank God, you know, like our drummer can actually play the drums tonight. He doesn't have to play, like walk on eggshells playing his drums. He can actually hit the drums tonight, and and it won't be too loud. And I'm not even playing with loud drummers. No, I'm playing right? with I'm playing with guys, just regular drummers. Not we're not talking like big bashers. The guy played with uh, on the last tour, Archie uh, Ligonier, Bunker. plays uh, really very jazzy, you know, kind of kind of uh, same volume as like Gary Gary Novak plays, kind yeah. of like a, a medium, very <clears throat> medium volume, and in a, in a nice room, it's just perfect. But any drummer in one of those concrete nightmare rooms, it's going to be loud. Drums are loud when. <laughs> <laughs> when you've got a concrete seven foot ceiling, right? Yeah, totally. And, I mean, and a concrete floor, <laughs> yeah, concrete walls and glass. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing you can do except just put in earplugs to save yourself from that fucking nightmare. Or just try to play as acoustic as possible. Yeah, just try to play as soft as you possibly can, and that's that's the only way out of it, unfortunately. And then you can yell at the club owner, which I've done many times. <laughs> Uh, you know, I can no, imagine you. No, have. I do. I yeah, walk you up should. to him and I go, "Dude, you know your club sucks." sucks. <laughs> you know, it's like you could spend a hundred dollars and just carpet the stage, and it would make the world of difference. Put some carpet on the ceiling. It's not going to cost you much money, and it's some glue, and you could do it black, and it's going to look no different than it looks now. now yeah, yeah. And and you're going to have a bunch of happy musicians instead of people with headaches you know and actually you know i've been lucky that some have actually taken my advice and and done it and we've come back a year later and it's like wow the guy fixed the room it sounds good the 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 quasimodo in berlin is exactly you know i just told told a guy it's funny because he's an italian guy that that runs the quasimodo in berlin and and 
you know, it's a famous jazz club and just about everybody's played there. Yep. And it was one of those rooms where just nothing but hard surfaces. Mm-hmm. And the audience, every time I play there, I see people with their covering their ears. Jesus. You know, yeah. just, and we're really trying to, to, to tone it down as much as we can, but I still see people with their fingers in their ears. And I just told the guy, fix it. And he fixed it. And the next year we came back, all he did was just carpet the ceiling and carpet the stage. And that's all he did. And it made the world of difference. And we came back and played a gig like that, and it was kind of similar to Baked Potato. It just made so much difference. And he was like, hey, thanks for... You know, everybody's saying how good it sounds in here now. And Isn't I'm like, it's yeah, amazing well, why how, didn't you think of that? <laughs> it's, it's amazing how sound travels and um, how it works. Yeah. This brings me to a question, which I wanted to get onto some of the questions. We've got a shitload to get through. Um, Matthew Bell, thanks for writing in, mate. But he brings up, um, let's talk about hearing loss. And he is a doctor of audiology. Matthew, you smarty pants. But he, wanted, he was curious about hearing loss with you guys and what you've had to deal with and volumes and if you, do you guys wear any hearing protection or? Uh, well, recently I did a very loud gig with, what? uh, with, uh, 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 I did a very loud gig and I did wear earplugs on that gig. You did? Yeah. 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 I mean, I kind of dialed in sound and heard everything and then I put in earplugs. In general, I, um, I, I avoid, I avoid uh, yeah. doing that, but I, I don't play so loud, and I have hearing loss. You I do, do have, have hearing loss. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Do you know if it's bad? Right. Do, do I know if it's bad? In what way? If any hearing loss is bad. I mean, is it enough where you think it's affecting your playing or music? Oh, I don't believe it's affecting my playing, but I'll tell you, it affects me like it's hard to hear people when they don't talk when they don't enunciate things or if there's ambient noise like ice clinking like now I, I have trouble hearing so. uh, excuse me while oh, you get drunk while yeah, you talk yeah. or, or me talking yeah no um, I know that it's it's particularly high end like a lot of those high pitched squealing you know that you'll get on electronics or sometimes I can't even hear it uh, I, I do know and I've been at, in studios and we're mixing and here and and um and we're mixing and and there's like something happening way up at the high end in particular and I can't hear it anymore huh. that I used to be able to hear it. I sure I'm you know I'm 60 years old and I've been playing in bands with trumpets and bands with ride cymbals and crash cymbals. What do you think? You know yeah. and, and and even at my level of amplified music, which isn't anywhere near what Scott's playing at, it's still you know it's still hugely impactful and my ears have taken taken a toll Take and a I know they have and in a lot of ways. But I've got to figure, like, you know, that end of the audio spectrum was never my favorite anyways. <laughs> Good point. You guys don't have tendinitis or anything? I'm lost. Tendinitis? It's tinnitus, it's called. I'm uh, really lucky because for a big part of my career in tribal tech, I was playing levels that were just excruciatingly loud jet level and yeah. and and it's really willis's fault i totally blame it on him because <laughs> he's the loudest bass player i've ever played really yeah him and covington played so <clears throat> loud that the level i had to play to even hear myself above them was deafening 
Were you and finding you buying yourself bigger amps just because of those? Two? No, no. I or mean, I, I had a hundred watt amp and right. cranking it. Yeah. And, and but the thing is, is that I actually had nights where my ears were ringing yeah. after the gig. Oh, sure. And and yeah. and luckily, it went always went away. Went Not like some people who it didn't go away and they're in hell. You know, that's a hard thing to that's, have. People have gone, people suicided over that shit. Yeah. yeah. Killed it's themselves. really bad. That's bad shit. So, so I went to get my hearing checked <clears throat> a year ago and luckily the doctor said that for my age, my hearing is perfect. What? It's perfect. Really? He said, I'm surprised. You don't hear as good as a 20 year old, but well, you, you know, for a 60 year old guy, your hearing is absolutely perfect. Wow. And I, and I go, I don't know how that, I lucked into that, but I did. Well, you just don't work very much. That's your problem. That's what it is. <laughs> I, that's what, you know what? I, that's exactly what it is. You, I haven't worked in very you, much. You, you eat a lot of carrots. You eat so a lot lucky. of carrots. Yeah. Well, whatever. I just feel really lucky that I, that I did wow. so much damage to my ears and still didn't get tinnitus or, or fuck them up somehow. That's yeah. great. Lucky. I mean, again, just back to luck. acoustics. It's just that's, to me... One of the great things, of course, is the sound and the quality of the sound and all that and the way the air moves. But another is you can feel the vibration, so it really helps your hearing. Whereas when you get into loud places, that that part of your sensory acceptance of music isn't the same. Mm-hmm. That's true. Good That's question, true. though. I, Good question, yeah. I, you know, Jeff Beck apparently had tinnitus for a long time, and I guess it went away. And wow, he's okay Isn't it now. Isn't all the but the hairs on your inner eardrum they get flattened or like I'm not sure. Dies. I don't know what it is, but sure it's just it yeah, is. you just get this ring. And ringing, I do have ringing in my ears, ring. and I'm sure you do to a certain level, Scott. If it's quiet and you just sit there and no, you, I don't, and I, you listen to what's going on in your head, I'm sure you can hear a little bit of it. I, I don't I, actually. I, I think don't. almost everybody our age has it. Really? Though. I mean, even people perfect. I at our I don't age. know. I I. My room is really silent. I don't ever hear anything like really? that. Really? Yeah, wow. I'm lucky. I just don't I have to, any kind yeah, of Yeah, I used to play a lot of loud gigs and always... I, I, always, have a little bit, I always have a little bit of... A, you like asked now. that question, you know, before. Do we, do we, as a generation, play louder than we used to? And I don't think it has anything to do with the generation. I think it just has to do with youth. You know, that when you're young, you, play you just play loud because you think you can get away with it. Yeah. And it's fun to, to just play loud as shit, shit and yeah. just blow everybody away. <laughs> and there's course. a certain power to it yeah. that is enjoyable. But then when you get older, oh. you start to think, I don't really need to play that That's loud why my dad my was always like, across, Troy, turn know? down. <laughs> turn down. Yeah, but... It feels you so know, good when there's all that air. So there's good. something about playing loud Back to the roll, Future, man, remember that? Uh, back yeah, to the future. When, when he yeah, set up that amp, he hit that right. one thing, and he right. just threw him through the right. wall. Right. right, like that's the shit. Right yeah, there. that's a. There's a power to it, it that I totally powerful. understand. That is very enjoyable. Hell, man, you, you go to the dentist now, and they clean your teeth with sound. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Oh, they do. And there's another thing. That's that how they. I guess that's how they did. They they blasted my kidney stones into sand. Right, right. With, <laughs> they just blasted it's them with sound. Crazy. They're, um. <laughs> I'm going to share, give a shout out to Rob Garland. Do you know Rob? I know Rob. Rob, great nice guy. I met Rob at NAM. We ran yeah, into each other. Rob's what a, a great cool bloke. A real, we're going to catch up for a coffee as soon as I give him a call. But Tell him hi and great, hi, Rob. Great player, great person, a lot of fun. Great bloke. 